Freeman. I'm here with my esteemed co-host, Benjamin Godsell. That's me. Where are we, Benjamin? We're in the greatest fucking city in the world. That's right, New York City, live from Union Square. The sun's shining, spring's in the air, halt top day is just mere mere moments away. Mere moments like. away, it's beautiful outside, the rain has stopped, I'm back from the country, had a nice little weekend in the country. But it's good to be back in the city. Um, we've been having a lot of fun in the group chats with the uh, with the AI uh, templates that exist out there. Our machine overlords, as they reach kind of late toddlerhood and eke towards when they'll finally take over. Um, but in the meantime, we're we're whistling <laughs> whistling as as the as the you know playing the lute as the city burns all around us. This is the first uh, useful thing that AI has done. Is 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 you know complete these scripts that we've been feeding it what have we been telling the machines to do for us and to be clear i mean this is in concert with other people so i don't want to take any responsibility for any of these um but we're putting queries in such as um a conversation between uh the gallerist carol green and an artist but the gallerist is trying to get the artist to join a religious cult like scientology yeah that that was a good one that was Um, a very good one that was yeah very very good what else have we been we've been telling the the machines to do? I mean, I, I liked one because it was it was gentle. It was it was taking the piss, but in a gentle manner. Uh, we asked it to write a magazine article where they write that Cook Maroney is the personal chef for Barbara Gladstone because his first name is Cook. That was a pretty good one. <laughs> the machines actually figured that one out, which was scary. Yeah, they figured out who his wife was, which I was I don't know. Real, yes. Sorry, just be careful out there, Cook. Well, I guess there are a lot of Google hits on that one. Mm-hmm. We had one where Damien Hurst defends his paintings, but he talks like a baby. That was really sad. That was, that was that was maybe maybe the the nerve plus ultra although my favorite i think probably um and there were a lot of really good ones um but my favorite was probably matthew marks is surprised to run into casey kaplan who he thought died in 9 11 and we'll do a quick little dramatic reading of that one it won't take too long i'll play matthew marks and my esteemed colleague nate here will be casey clappin so me as matthew marks casey is that really you yeah, Matthew, it's me. How have you been? I can't believe it. I thought you were one of the victims of 9-11. I'm so glad to see you're alive and well. What are you talking about, Matthew? I wasn't anywhere near the World Trade Center on 9-11. I've been running my gallery for the past 20 years. I must have confused you with someone else. I'm so sorry. It's just that the last time I saw you was at an art fair in New York right before the attacks. It's okay, Matthew. I'm just glad to see you again. How's everything been with you? It's been good, thanks. We've had some great shows at the gallery recently. How about you? Yeah, things have been going well for me, too. I've been focusing on discovering new emerging artists and giving them a platform to showcase their work. That's great to hear. We should catch up more uh, sometime soon. Maybe we can even collaborate on a show together. That sounds like a great idea, Matthew. Let's definitely make that happen. (laughs) And there you have the, the machines just fully sculpting a script out of our ridiculous prompt. It's and they kind of sound like that. I mean, that's a little bit in the language of both of those fellows. One rather uh, somewhat tactarn and the other rather um, robot-like. Mm-hmm. I won't say which is which. Yeah, I mean, we've had some really, really fun prompts, though, and I, I highly recommend trying it out, honestly. I'm much uh, Some of the other funny ones really aren't safe for work or either of our Alas. careers, so we're just going to leave it there. Yeah, I wish we could, we could do that on pod, but yeah, it's probably for the best that we leave that you know, to the private sphere. Anyway, it is the greatest city in the world. I took um, my seven-year-old son to see the New York Knickelbockers play in the most famous stadium in the world. Tell me about the world, that. Uh, Madison Square Garden. Pretty fun, man. Knicks are heating up. 
Yeah, I mean, I don't know jack shit about basketball. This and Cookies right, Hoops, point. you can tune into them if you want that. And they have much better their Shout merch than we shares. do. They actually send their stuff out. Um, but super fun. I took a German friend of ours, past uh, past guest on the pod, Martin Klosterfelder, who had never been to an NBA game. And wow. his son, Otto, is his Otto's birthday. He was a teenager, turning 17, as I recall. And uh, and does know basketball. I had to explain in German, mostly to Martin, what was going on. To be a fly Super on fun, the man. wall Every the time I go in like, and hang out around all the other Americans, I'm like, oh, we're not so bad, really. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, going to the Nick game is you know one of the, the best things you can do in New York City. I described my experience of going to the Nick game, what, two months ago, running into everyone from the art world at halftime. It's amazing. Yeah, well, you were down, and I was in the somewhat cheaper seats. <laughs> we didn't have any club access. <laughs> I will admit, this was an out-of-pocket uh, event, and, for, and and it was insane, man. My fucking kid, Hartman was like just losing his mind, I'm screaming sure. for the players, like absolute nuts. Like I, I don't know. He definitely hustled me into a very expensive uh, youth size uh, basketball jersey. Let's go, let's go, uh, Hartman. That's you know, sick. You, know, uh, you hustle, you James Dolan. That enjoy that. Enjoy that Ben Franklin I gave you. Uh, well, you can thank him personally down at Lucien, <laughs> where he takes all his Tinder dates. Raya, Raya, right? Was it Raya? I, th- date? I think it's. Yeah, let's yeah. give him some credit. I <laughs> okay. think they're Raya dates. Uh, the the founder and CEO of Raya is. Uh, I'm not going to drop any names, but is is dating within the art world? I hear. I I, I heard that as well. I don't want really want to get into that on this pod, but you know, we're not it, the same page. Sex. This is yeah. You know what? Yeah, we're not going to give you that. But I love love. We love, and we I love, love to see it. We love love, love love. We love, love to love. see it. Um, so that was an event. It was just hilarious to hang out with Martin in a very non-art worldy context. Mm-hmm, and, totally, uh, we had a very very amusing time. And uh, yeah, I definitely took kept my son out on a school night, uh, like three or four hours past his bedtime, and he was an absolute nutcase. Incredible. And then you were back at it this morning. I was. I uh, I had to meet a client at the beautiful Carlisle Hotel. Uh, breakfast not as overrun by uh, by the whole Polari as uh, Bemelman's is these days. Um, so in the uh, the Dowling's restaurant, as they now call it, I believe. And uh, yeah, I was having an Ed Rocher was over at the next table. Unbelievable! What a, what a spotting, especially here in New York City. I mean, maybe talk about a power breakfast. Ed fucking Woo! Rocher, maybe one of the greatest living American painters or artists. Mm-hmm. Um, I was absolutely incredible. He was with uh, Letta, his uh, Gagosian handler. I assume they had some meetings over at nine eighty, just across the street. Just across the street. Wow. Um, that was pretty great. When my client was slagging off on the major galleries like it goes in House and Worth, uh, I was a little bit cringing because he didn't know who was behind us. But, you know, that's OK. Mm-hmm. Um, have you seen any other good shows up in the city right now? I've been kind of, you know, trying to gallery hop. I saw Tom Burr's show at, at Stefania Bordolami's gallery. Oh, he's great. Always, always great at artists. Um, um, but I have not yet seen Tab Auerbach's show at the Cooper incredible. Gallery. Fucking incredible. Yeah. Really? Incredible. I got to see it. It's, it's like a masterwork of a show. Mm-hmm. Um and you know, people always have trouble because she got famous for doing this a very specific right. not famous. She got market accolades, mm-hmm. meaning people paid a lot of money for the pictures, for a very specific body of work. And since then different bodies that are all have the same set of concerns as that iconic fold and, and kind of crumpled series have. Um she's found new ways to look at mathematics, look at how the world is organized, look at notions of chance. And these p- paintings and sculptures are absolutely out of this world. Can't wait to see. And it. it's a beautiful like as in keeping with the, the Paul Kubagawa ethos. Like such an elegantly installed show, mm-hmm. um, really incredible. Also, uh, another personal favorite of mine, uh, Kai Christensen Knowles, has a of great course. little show down at the Lomax Gallery. Uh, completely sold out, placing placing work in museums. Wow, uh, baller of a show! I got to Lincoln Build uh, with Alex just before he left for Japan. He's been having a good time in Japan. It looks like. Yeah, I was worried about him there, but I think he's really embracing it. I mean, Mickey Blanco's there. Uh, a lot of other, you know. 
friends of the extended universe of the pod, I believe, are Japan there. Japan is extraordinarily hot right now. Uh, we have cherry blossoms, baby. You know, uh, Howard and Sydney Wachowski were over there celebrating birthdays. Let's they were go. hitting up the the Noma pop up in Tokyo. Friend of the pod, Sophie Cohen was there with Murakami. Clock that. Just, yeah, I mean, just... I could just go through my 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 Instagram. Everyone's there. Mm-hmm. Everyone's there. Sakai was there before. Uh, mm-hmm. it, was a, it was a nice stopover either before Hong Kong or or on the way back. It seems like totally just and a great it's, time. It's to just be reopened Japan. relatively recently to exactly. outsiders post uh, post pandemic. Mm-hmm. Um, I've never been. Have you? No, never been on the Crazy. list. On Crazy. the list, I've never been. I want to go so badly. Let's go. Eat all the sushi. I eat nothing but miles. Eat all the sushi. Do all the things. Uh, I want to go yeah. to the weird robot fight thing. Yeah, I'll go. I'll, I'll go to the robot yeah, fight thing. I don't even know what that is. For don't sure. worry about it. Just, okay. Don't worry about okay. it. Okay. No, no. Yeah, no I mean, I like there. robot fights. Um. Uh. Yeah. What else? I have. I have a whole bunch of notes here. It always fucks me up when we actually. We went to notes. dinner last week. That was last week, we had, right? Last, we had dinner together last Thursday. We did. Wow, that seems like a long time ago. But it was Thursday. Where did we go? Did we go to a <laughs> restaurant? <laughs> we, we, tr- we, we, tr- we tried. We tried. Our, we, we really went outside of our comfort zone. <laughs> went well, to Ignacio Matos's Dime Square establishment. Well, corner once, bar. Once again, us a corner bar. You know, really just doing it up, though. You know, we we did not leave any stones unturned. The steak there. was not on the menu, though. We should remark upon this. The steak was not on the menu. They said it's going to be back soon. I don't know where it went. Maybe the pur- the purveyor of their beef just ran out of stuff. There's only s- there's only so many skirts to sell. That's true. Um, but we had a, I thought a great another great meal in the perfect room. Mm-hmm. Um, we had some oysters Rockefeller. Those are uh, very good. Incredible. It's hard to find a good oysters Rockefeller here in the New York area. Mm-hmm. I think they're definitely the best. Listeners, if you know of another place that's serving up a great one, please bang my line. There was a tuna tartare special that was quite good. Oh, we, ordered, we ordered it again. Oh, we ordered oh. it again. Nate, Nate, it wasn't a special. As the waitress explained to us, it was a tuna tartare experience. Experience. <laughs> right. It was a tuna tartare experience. <laughs> And uh, we were we were <laughs> that, that with a um, a very uh, special friend of ours, uh, uh, an advisor. You, who, uh, that's, uh, you've already said too much. Yeah, and uh, but this this person did uh, very expressly tell the waitress that we would like to have another tuna tartare experience. <laughs> he did, he did, uh, or she did. <laughs> you know, uh, we did have dinner with a a good friend of ours uh, and one of my personal or one of my business heroes. Uh, who taught me like a really great line of reasoning when it comes to working with clients, especially on, especially on big money, like really important pictures. Mm-hmm. You'll never miss the money. You can go make more money, but this is the only picture like this. You'll miss the picture. You will never miss the money. Exactly. What a lesson. What That's a great lesson. What an ethos in life, too. You'll never miss the money. I got to remind myself that when I'm buying like fucking AirPods or something. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, well. For some, that is that is akin to a Picasso for some people. That is airports are to your personal budget. What a meal! What an incredible uh, a time! Uh, you guys had some banging wine, by the way. Oh my god, it was incredible! It was just I I don't even know what it is. I, obviously, I didn't pick. I'm not the the wine guy, but it was quite good. And we also, I mean. I really want to be very careful here, but I'll say this. We got some of the hottest, not even gossip, but just stories about mm-hmm. events in the art world that you could possibly imagine from a real insider's eye. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just had a great time. What a great meal. Yeah, really fantastic time. Um, what else is going on? I mean, uh, real quick before we get into the serious kind of newsy bits or artsy bits. Uh, yeah. I'm not sure how serious any of it is. Um, I also, uh, we spoke about Wiley's new restaurant, Oh, Stretch I want to hear all about Stretch Pizza. Tell I me got everything. The, the, the resi notification, it worked in my favor. Got a 5.30 table. Had the kid, had the nanny bring the kids down. Had the wife meet you. me. Um, yeah, it was incredible. Incredible. Um, 
knocked it out of the park. I, you know, it was a little bit tough. That's late for my kids on a weeknight to be like eat, sitting still and eating out. Um, so it wasn't the most relaxed experience, but everyone there was super nice. Definitely Good. set up for families. Um, it's a rare occasion where so we had like the classic pizza and a pepperoni, which were incredible, very good, perfect. Great, course. great. But then we got one of the special pizzas That's that had like, I the, hear about. that had the kind of toppings that I usually I want don't pizza. want. I want the wacky pizza. pizza. Yeah, we, it had like um, it had egg yolks and, and caramelized red onions and the umami. I'm not sure what was in there, yeah. but it was out of this world and. That's what you go there and order. Got it. Sure, okay. get the margarita Good just so you know what the classic's like, but you really want to aim at some of the wackier, weirder shit. You're like, why is that on a pizza? Go there. That mm-hmm. was uh, incredible. Uh, another great Caesar-style salad. This one had potato chips in there. What? Uh, yeah, yeah. And if you, if you check out the Instagram, they're dropping all sorts of crazy specials here and there. So yeah, no regrets about that meal. Worth all of the calories. Amazing. Oh, God, I can't wait to go. I can't wait to open for lunch. Like that. That's going to be key. I'm going to another restaurant uh, in this area tonight. Uh, the Korean Steakhouse Coat. I'm excited about that. It's always great. It's gonna be great. It's gonna the be wine fantastic. list is absurdly overpriced, in my opinion. I, I, yeah, we're gonna try to steer away from the pricier bottles. Maybe even stick to cocktails. Who knows? Yeah, I think I, I, you know, I'm not a drinking man these days. Mm-hmm. I think. I might go with like Japanese whiskeys to pair with them, which I think they have a nice list of. Interesting. I think that would actually be more cost effective and interesting. They have a great list. I don't want to demean their their, their song program is incredible, mm-hmm. but the up the up charges at least pre pandemic. I haven't been there drinking in a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, no Good buena. to know. I can sip a little Japanese whiskey while eating some wagyu that's grilling in front of me. Why not? classic New York restaurant. That's mm-hmm. another restaurant group that is expanding. Um, while neither of us were able to make it to Hong Kong, and I think we both had a little bit of FOMO about that, we are going to be joined by a friend of the pod and who will become a two-time guest with this period. It's one of our first guests, Andrew Russeth. Uh, very excited. Newly married Andrew Russeth, I Not believe. that newly. He's been oh. married for a few years. But, but yes, yeah, still, mazel to him and Loretta on, on their nuptials. Um, and we're, yeah, we're being joined... Uh, by Andrew, who's in Seoul, Korea, where he is based, to talk us through everything that went down in Hong Kong last week. One couple, of the best writers working today. A couple things I noticed that we may or may not get a chance to discuss. I mean, one thing in particular is that uh, our good friend Beeple was back on the scene. Mike Winkleman, from, what a guy. Fresh from the opening of his space in Nashville. Charleston. Charleston. Sounds all the same to me. Uh, <laughs> uh, he had a big piece that was featured in the LGDR booth. Did mm-hmm. I say it right for the I first time did. ever? Wow. wow. Clock I've, that, people. I've been, I've, been, I've, been, I've been Dominique Pilled, I guess. I finally have the initials right. Um, but they were showing this, a very, this gallery that, you know, is famous for employing and being founded by people that sell Warhol, Basquiat, Francis Bacon. You know, some of the top lots at auction over the past 30 or 40 years, really, uh, are now showing NFT art in the form of Mike Winkleman's Beeple. Beeple! Uh, and it didn't fly off the shelves. The work had an asking price, my understanding is, at $9 million U.S. dollars. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, it, it, you know, they were able to find... A, uh, a museum in the region, so to speak, as all, many of these galleries are looking forward to place their art during that fair, is a museum I had never heard of. It's not the M+. That's certainly not the case. It's the Deji Art Museum, mm-hmm. uh, which, according to our good friend Josh Baer, is a not-for-profit art institution. I guess that's a museum. Maybe, maybe not. It's founded by the Deji Group. I don't know what that is. I'm no, sure we could Google it. Not sure what that is. Do that kind of research. Located in Najing, a metropolis mm-hmm. in eastern China known as one of the four great ancient capitals of China. Sick. <laughs> I mean, I guess. I don't think a lot of people are going to see it, but you know. What's it known for now? 
<laughs> who knows? Strip mining? I have no idea. Who knows? Yeah. Uh, well, congrats to them on the purchase. Congrats to them on the purchase. But I mean, I just think, you know, LGDR who like, you know, have this air of kind of better than thou and, you know, the, the, the greatest taste. And, you know, we're not even going to do any art fairs except if they're in regions outside of Europe and the Americas uh, and really have this somewhat haughty impertoire are reduced to selling people at an art fair in Hong Kong. It feels like a little bit discordant to me and like a little bit whorish maybe. But then again, nine mil artwork, that's pretty big for that fair. You a, know? A, a contemporary, a brand new. Mm-hmm. Nine, it's not a secondary piece. Yeah. Um, so Yeah, huge price, huge price. I wonder if they paid in crypto and like how they, you know. We'll probably never know. We will never know. And I wonder what kind of discount they had. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I have nothing against Mike. I think he's an interesting character. Totally. Um, and, you know, obviously LGDR shows one of my better friends, but uh, I don't know. It feels a little weak sauce to me, right? You know what? I mean, I'm going to withhold judgment. I didn't see the thing. You're a lot nicer than mine. It feels to me like they're selling their soul for a little bit of pocket money, but what do, you, what do I know? Well, we're going to ask Andrew about that. We're also going to ask him if he ran into our good friend Alec Monopoly, who was in oh, Hong Kong. Oh, Alec was on the scene. He was hanging out with, with, with Takashi, hanging out with people, hanging out with Simone de Puri. I mean, what a, that seeing that just gave me... Friends, gave me, countrymen, I think we've mentioned this before. If you're not following Alec's Instagram, what the fuck are you doing with your life? Because it is one of the most entertaining and amusing, and I'll admit it, absolutely fucking cursed things to exist <laughs> on God's green earth. It's just fucking poetry. It's insane. It is poetry. It is poetry. Just like, yeah, taking the fucking whip to get some Do we fucking... talk about the new car? Did we talk about that last week? <laughs> He's got this fucking crazy Virgil Abloh Maybach that he took to White Mana, which is a burger joint in New Jersey known for its sliders. And then proceeded to go straight to Teterboro, where he flew private to Hong Kong. Like, like that's fucking... Aunt, you're wrong. He wasn't flying private. He didn't go to Teterboro. That was fucking Newark, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Look, Alec, if you want to disprove that, if you want to just, you know, show us the receipts... The couch is always open to you. Always open. In Union Square. You can wear the mask. You, you, you don't have to wear the mask. He's, Whatever he's you po- want. He's post-mask. He's post-mask. Whenever right. started popping him on during the pandemic, he's like, I'm done with this shizzy. Yeah, I mean, one time, friend of the pod, James uh, Cardoso Schaefer, and I saw him mask on at uh, the Chiltern Firehouse in London, and it was electric, baby. Oh, yeah. It was incredible. That's why we show up. That's yeah, why we that's, show up. That's why we show up. Uh, was he DJing? No, he was just right now he's down chilling, in, in Miami for what used to be called Winter Music Conference. It's called something else now, like Electronic Music Week or something. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Is it just him and, and Wes Pence on the one and twos? Pretty much. Yeah, pretty much. great. Love it. Um, a lot of day parties. Um, you know, we haven't been just because it's like it's not silly. It's like so over. It's not even overwrought. It's so well covered. Uh-huh. Uh, but there was another another shoe dropped in the Tom Sachs and his lovely, charming wife Sarah Hoover's uh, saga. Oh yeah, in New York Magazine. Did you catch this uh, brief little article? Fill me in a little bit. Uh, well, I guess working for Tom, they build it up as it's something of a nightmare. Mm-hmm. Uh, it doesn't sound that. Better or worse than any other uh, art world mu- studio job. Um, he's pretty abusive. It sounds like he's got a temper. Likes to keep some mm. pornography on the hard drives. That's for art research purposes. Art research. Okay. Uh, refers to like kind of a dark, dank room in the basement of the studio as the rape room. That's, well, not, that's not good. That's not okay. That's not good. That doesn't seem no, okay to me. Not good. Uh, makes, uh, you know, people tend to do things well beyond the uh, remit of their, of their job description, such as preparing uh, fresh organic dog food from scratch for, uh, for their, I think it's a French bulldog. Uh, doing some returns for Sarah's shopping sprees. The dogs don't notice whether the food is handmade, I don't think. 
No, no, but it's just, uh, it's indicative of a certain type. But there is some backlash, not so much from the art world, because we're used to absolutely horrible people engaging in absolutely horrid behavior. But the sneakerheads are up in arms. Sneakerheads are not pleased. No, they don't this, like this. this. The members of the sneakerhead community that I'm, I'm in touch with, they're not fans they, of this. They seem to have absolutely no problem with like nine-year-old kids sewing their sewing their fingers bloody making these sneakers. But you know, you you mis you mistreat someone with a liberal arts degree from Oberlin and then their studio job, and they they're all a they're all a, they're all a Twitter. There's been uh, graffiti around the city um, making fun of of this by saying in the Nike font, "Just drop him." Have you seen this? That's so witty. Yeah, I know. Listen, I don't want to make apologies for the guys because I think he's kind of a terrible artist. But um, <laughs> you know, it is what it is. I guess I, I'm just I'm just salty because I never got some of these limited edition sneakers. Nike's in the process of, of deciding whether they're going to keep them or not. They're, they're reviewing the partnership right, they're in the, the in the corporate <laughs> in the corporate mumble mumble speak mm-hmm. of, uh, of of patois. Corporate we'll see patois. what happens. We'll see what happens there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not, it's not going to keep creative. T- uh, no, no, excuse me. Ooh, I almost made a huge faux pas there. It's not going to make... What is the name of the charity she's on the board of? production fund. It's not going to slow them down because they're just aflame and raising mm-hmm. money and doing all sorts of innovative projects like... Oh, shit. I'm drawing a blank name. Wait, can you think of any of the big projects they've done recently? Look, man, I, you're putting me on the spot here. Like, our production fund does a lot of great things. Well, I don't, you can the go city. on the website and you can see uh, they did something in the desert with Ugo Rondonone a few years ago. Mm-hmm. And uh, since then, I mean, they have a partnership with uh, with Tishman Spires. So they do some little window displays That's at true. Rock Center that they get mm-hmm. paid for. Mm-hmm. Um, but other than that, hasn't been a ton. I mean, there is a piece that was in Rockefeller Center by Stanford Biggers, which right. is now just opened uh, uh, opened at the Hammer Museum. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I know they they provided space for that to exist, but the gallery actually funded it. So I've always wondered. They seem to raise an awful lot of money at these galas without doing a whole lot. I think they do a lot, but you know maybe we're just not fully aware of it. I, don't yeah, know. I think someone you know I, I've taken a, I've taken a look through their most recent publicly available tax filings. And oh, uh, you have. Oh, oh you, I have. You, you've done the research. Oh, I've done the research. Okay, so I've done the research. I'm not a journalist know. though, so I don't know how to interpret them. But I would encourage others to go take a look and, and see if they think that. Um, they're doing much more than just raising funds for a kind of uh, lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Anyway, uh, it's spring training down in Florida, and the, the the New York Times went down to see our, our good pal Steve Cohen. Let's go Mets! Let's go Mets! Uh, big story, I think, in the Metro section of the Times where uh, Steve talks and talks and talks, which is not something he's traditionally done in the past with journalists. No, loqu- downright loquacious, Nate mm-hmm. Freeman. Um, but you know, it's pretty remarkable what he's doing with this team. He's spending like crazy, um, uh, trying to, you know, basically build a world series championship team from scratch. Money printer go burr. Mm-hmm. Um, no word on whether he's going to move some artworks to city field, which I'm interested in. Or... It, did, it didn't really reference artwork at all. Other than to talk about how much he likes to go after things. Mm-hmm. Uh, it referenced the, the Picasso he bought from Steve Wynn. He's also, uh, in the process of trying to get a casino permit for the parking lot area around City Field, which would be fascinating if that turns out to happen. You know, casinos need artwork too, you know? Yeah, no, no. I think, you know, I think it's, you know, it's a really interesting, interesting article just because he, he speaks so much and tells some great anecdotes about players coming to him for advice about, you know, what what, what right. hedge funds maybe to put some of their money in. Yeah, I like some of the interpersonal stuff, some mm-hmm. of the interviews with players uh, and the manager about him. You just got a more well-rounded uh, uh, picture of him. That's an interesting PR thing. Like, you know, he's been someone that's been rather um, tight-lipped in the press over the years, but business press, art press, all, all through, at least on the record that I know of. Um, but it really 
really kind of fleshed him out as a man and a father. Totally. Um, but w- one thing I'm really fascinated is talking about a, his wife's father, who's like a Mets yeah, super fan. Yeah, I wanted to know uh, more Puerto about Rican him. Mets super fan. Definitely. I would like to read the profile of him. Yeah. Uh, that's like something I'm very keen to Me know too. about. Me too. Uh, and I'm just excited for the season. I've got tickets to uh, Mets Padres April 10th. Let's go. Just around the corner. I know. It's amazing. Uh, love to hear it. Love to hear it. Um, you know, we got a whole bunch of art fairs coming up in the next couple of months here in New York. What's I mean, the we're, next we're one? Some. That's o- I believe opening. the next one is the Independent that's, Art that's Fair. That's right. The Independent Art Fair. Uh, that takes place down in the... Uh, where does it take place now? In Spring Studios. So, so, in so the Spring Studios. It's historically been one of my favorite art fairs. Mm-hmm. They now do one. It was started by uh, Matthew Higgs, our friend Darren Fluke, as well. As former art dealer Elizabeth D, uh, like 10 years ago, uh, it always pulls in like a few young galleries, a couple of more major or mid tier mm-hmm. galleries, and, and some great nonprofits. And it's, it's honestly one of the few art fairs I enjoy going to. I the agree. Right, it's totally. the right size for me, um, and the quality is always very high. There's very little junk there. Clients really like it. And I've gone there and I've definitely bought from the last two or three. They do like a 20th century focus one now. In the fall, which is which is great. That's at the Cipriani. So I, I I lay out all this kindness about how much I like the fair to establish my bona fides as a fan of that art fair. Mm-hmm. But I got a batshit crazy email from them yesterday from one Miss Elizabeth D, uh, who's now this. I, I think Matthew's still involved. Uh, Darren no longer is, and it is. I mean, it's. I, I, I got I gotta read some of this man. It really blew me away. Um because I had to read it like three times and then check in with friends that I thought would have gotten it. Mm-hmm. Um so it what starts, does it say? Uh I, I don't want to read the whole thing, but in, in essence, they lay out um, you know, oh, the fair is coming up. You know, we understand that advisors are very important to the art ecosystem now. I guess they did an art market report with Claire McAndrew in twenty twenty, and I guess it took paying this journalist someone to understand that there are art advisors and that they're important. Uh and it in her words led us to consider Consider how we as an organization organization might serve the advisory sector as a whole. Uh, she thinks there's a lot that independent could be doing to serve me, and I'm okay. I'm happy to be service, Nate Freeman. I'm happy. Mm-hmm. I'm happy to be taken care of and control of. Um, and she goes on about how they have all this great data about what museums are acquiring what. I assume this is data they get from the galleries that are their ostensible clients. Uh, so they have the information about about which clients bought which artworks at which fair. I, no, I think it's more about which museums, not not okay. clients in general. I think it's very okay. clear what institutions and kind of market research on what artists were very hot. All things that I tend to gather on my own pretty quickly by talking to my friends at the galleries who I buy artwork from. And that's fairly typical of not just an advisor, but just anyone who's sort of around. They can get a sense of where the yeah, art is going it's to. It's usually covered in Artnet like it's the next week, covered, right? You know, I'm sure other places, but Artnet's top of mind for mm-hmm. whatever reason. Um, but she was really setting out, as she says, she's writing to me to personally, writing to me today to personally invite me to join our first membership-only initiative. Ooh. Mm. I like when someone wants me as a member of something. That makes me feel special. It does. I mean, there's a whole Groucho Marx thing, but still, like, I've got a tiny, tiny little, very low self-esteem, so like, you know, I like to hear that. You had a huge ego. Uh, it's called you. the Independent Advisory Group, and this is a first-of-its-kind first membership group that she's uh, inviting me to. And uh, the membership includes seven VIP tickets to Independent New York and Independent 20th Century. I think it's seven each. Uh, That's something, you know, I usually get one ticket for me and then any clients of mine that are in town or that are interested, Mm -hmm. I talk to the galleries and it's not a problem to bring them in because you want to know why, Nate? Because we go there and we buy art. Right. We go there, we see the art, we give them the money, usually not there, but within 48 hours and then we take the art 
mm-hmm. and it's ours and we buy it. Right. And that's why they, they want us there. It's why I'm there is mm-hmm. to acquire the art, uh, not just to see fun. Uh, I also get like a personal portal so I can organize my clients' tickets. Mm-hmm. I just like... Uh, like I say, the client here, I'll meet you out front, and then we walk in, and that's kind right. of they don't want to like look at their phone or have tickets or anything totally. like that. Anyway, um, twenty four hours advance notice to the online fair preview. I mean, I'm working even for a, a medium to small size fair like the independent. My team is working, you know, weeks in advance right. to get the PDFs and, mm-hmm. and preview what's going to be there. Um, the aforementioned market report. Not really sure what that is. Devoted art advisor newsletter and podcasts. Podcasts. Who the fuck listens to podcasts? That's ridiculous. Anyway, <laughs> moving on. Uh, digital floor plans in advance of each show. That's something that's usually on the website because we download them, and you know, especially right. for bigger shows, it's not as important for independent. Um, and so, but all this sounds great. I'm like, okay, sure, yeah. Another email that you'll send me that I won't read. Mm-hmm. Sure, fine. Yeah, no problem. You get to the bottom of all these bullet points, and the cost is a thousand dollars annually to include the May and September fair. Damn. So it seems like you know that was a long way of saying it seems like. She wants me to give the fair money so that I can go to the fair and spend money. Right. Did I? I, I think you read I, the yeah, email, yeah. right? I forwarded it to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Does that's, that that make sense to you? It, that's, that's, that's what, what it, it says. says. That's what it says. That's yeah. insane thinking. That is absolutely bonkers. I hope I'm wrong about this. Now, obviously, my group chats with uh, other advisors and emails have been aflame with everyone saying. Is this insane? Yes, this is insane. Uh, one uh, close friend who remained nameless uh, sent a picture of Billy McFarland and asked Oof. if this was going to be the Firefest oh, deal wow. of festivals. It, it's already getting McFarland to me. It's getting McFarlandly. I presume someone would be clawed back. And honestly, I presume this is like like most things that people send me. I'll just ignore it and do what I want to do and what's best for me and everything will be okay. Mm-hmm. But there seems to be a certain like intellectual disconnect that I don't quite get. I, I mean, I, as a reporter, am sort of more outside of these things than you are. I was not offered this membership, you know, for obvious reasons. Um, but it seems like you already have all of the things that are being offered for a grand a year. Yeah, and it's also like that's like not a lot of money. And I can't even add, like, how many advisors, like, is this going to make the money? I don't mm-hmm. get it. I'm not sure if it's an issue of them having to kind of police the Gmail art advisors who are like coming in with 12 right. people and like maybe that's a way to gatekeep on that level. Yeah, maybe it is. Maybe the people who just don't have, you know, the tickets from the galleries who are so outside of the system that they have no way of getting in through the exhibitors will either opt to use this or not come at all. I mean, Freeze does have a somewhat similar program, um, but it's more guided towards new or, or emerging collectors where you can join. You get free tickets to the fairs. Mm-hmm. They also provide educational opportunities, tours, somewhat similar to what a museum patron group uh, offers. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's really targeted to end users. This is like for us, um, like a better term, middle men and middle women. Um, I don't know. It's insane. I, I wish them all the best. I'm definitely not paying you no $1,000, though. I mean, and, and did they know. talk to anyone? Did they, talk, did they reach out to any advisors? Like, hey, what do you think of this idea? Can I, yeah. can I spitball with you? Can I collaborate with you? Mm-hmm. That no. might have been helpful, yeah. You know, because, you know, I don't think, I wonder if their clients who are the galleries that pay them a not insignificant amount of money to show in this fair, mm-hmm. uh, what they think about some of their biggest clients, i.e., advisors, getting charged to come and see them. I don't know. But you know what? I'll be at the independent. I, I will be too. I'm just, ain't, ain't no one cashing no checks on my behalf. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, that's enough of that. I didn't mean that to be filled with any vitriol. Elizabeth, I love you. I know you have nothing but the best intentions for the fair Absolutely. and the art world. But uh, yeah, check yourself before you r- 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 wreck yourself. Anything else, Benjamin? What are you looking forward to this weekend? Uh, 
I would like to sleep. Sleep. Sleep would be good. I'm going to hit my 100th berries class. That's exciting. That's great. You know what? Let's just clap for Benjamin. Yeah, That's a on. lot of berries. That's a lot of berries. A lot of berries. My knees are going to give out any day now. Uh, Unbelievable. I've got, I've got all sorts of powders and mixtures about the office. It's, really, <laughs> it's getting a little dark here. On the opposite side of the spectrum, I have a, a lot of galas to go to. Uh, I'm so glad I'm never ever going to another gala. What gala is you going to get a little new museum this week? Uh, no idea, man. Just so many. Just Artist like, space, new museum. All of them. Just like all Sculpture of them. center. Mm-hmm. Uh, what else have I seen invites? And I'm like, delete. I mean, you know, there's the Tribeca Ball. There's, uh, God, I mean, yeah, so many. I'm, I am looking forward to the Paris Review Revel. That gala is oh, yeah. fun. Oh, That's yeah. very fun. That's next week. I'm very excited for that. Yeah, I'd be down for that. Yeah. Listen, there's nothing, like, these institutions need to raise money, and people love a party. Mm-hmm. I just, and I remember when I was, it was so important to me to be at these things. Like, it was such a big deal. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just, um, I then realized, as much as I like seeing my friends, I, could, I see them all the time, and people I, you know, vaguely know, but... Uh, it's just uh, it's a bit much for me, and there's no there's no real for someone like me. There's no real I'm not meeting a client at the new museum gala. Right. Well, thankfully, I can just just recount everything that happens at these galas to you. I get the best of the world. Exactly. I get the best of both worlds. And with that, I think we should get to our guest, yeah, Andrew, Andrew. Russith. Yeah. As we said, one of the greatest arts journalists working today, and he's just going to be waking up. It's going to be nighttime for us. But no, no, turn that around the other way. <laughs> We're just going to be waking up. Yes. It's going to be late for him. Right. I hope he has some desserts. Stay tuned for Andrew Russith right Right after after this. this. I am joined here by one of my favorite writers in the entire world, Andrew Russith, based in Seoul, Korea, but was in Hong Kong last week, and that is what we are here to talk about because I was not in Hong Kong, Benjamin was not in Hong Kong, and we were getting some serious FOMO, especially when friend of the pod, George Newell, sent me a photo of you two at the captain's bar at the Mandarin Oriental. Um, one of my favorite bars in the world. And it was your what, first a, what a bar. I mean, I you guys had talked it up. And so I had some some concerns about whether it could truly live up to it. And it and it met those it met those high that high bar you set. Um, and I have to shout out you guys for purchasing a goblet for me. Benjamin has a goblet for the captain's bar on his desk at all times. Um, and George delivered it to me yesterday. I am so thankful. Thank you, guys. I it was. Like I think I was it was all George, but I'll take yeah. credit for it. Thank you, George. Yeah. Um, so apart from the immaculate vibes of the captain's bar, um, any fun settings there? By the way, did you did you run into anyone anyone funny? You know, when when we were there, I would love to have something. When we were there, it was all like guys in suits, like British oh, yeah. looking dudes. Also cool. That's that's cool. That. Yeah, which which great. You know, I love like the chest decor on the walls, mm-hmm. and it's really yeah, just seeing a bunch of bros having giant goblets of beer, uh, and and a few captains Negronis is really a mm-hmm. great sight. Not to dwell on this, but they also have an incredible uh, sort of platform on the bar for you to read your Financial Times uh, or your local paper as you're you're having your cocktail. And I I find very very useful, very very thoughtful, really. You know, next time I'm you know, there, I'm doing that. Usually, you're at, you're at the bar, you're trying to read your paper. There's people jostling next to you. Not at the captain's bar. They respect you reading your paper while you're having your cocktail, which I just I really that. really really appreciate. Um, love that. But, you know, there's a lot more going on than just cocktails at the captain's bar. Uh, you know, walk us through some highlights of the fair. I mean, this was the first year that's fully been back since 2019. There was excitement in the air. There was, you know, you know, restrictions were lifted. Tell yeah. us how it felt to be in Hong Kong and, yeah. and, and oh to have gosh. this fair back. 
I would say the mood was, uh, yeah, it was buoyant, uh, frothy, uh, exuberant even. I mean, people were damn happy, especially the local Hong Kongers, uh, the dealers there, uh, curators and so forth. I mean, essentially having been shut off for the world um, for what, almost uh, what three years solidly. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the restrictions that of course had just come down, as you said, and people seem to be doing well. I mean, it's always hard to tell, but mm -hmm. I would compare it to like, I was in Singapore for Art SG a couple months ago and they're like, eh, the mood was less, less uh, buoyant, less excited. Uh, people in Hong Kong were really, really pumped. And um, yeah, it was a little bit smaller. Uh, mm -hmm. I guess it was 180 galleries. I looked this up before pre-pandemic, it was like 240. So Right. Um, a tiny bit smaller, but it still felt big. I mean, people brought mm. big stuff and yeah, just a great, a great feeling in the room. Yeah. I mean, you got the feeling that it was not anything less than a full fledged Art Basel fair. Um, you know, right. you would see, you know, the dealers from New York and London on the booth, right? Like people like, you know, the, yeah. the dealers came in. I mean, that's a change you know they they were they they were offering ghost booths for the last few years you know right. and now people are flying in, in person because you can't um yeah and that's huge. yeah no the um, principles were there for sure that's amazing um so what was do you have any highlights from the fair any works any booths any sort of you know sightings anything you know fun from the opening moments yeah totally i mean just to at the risk of repeating myself it just felt like everyone was there i mean yeah you're 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 heading in you see it's, you know, Deitch is there who curated this mm -hmm. great street art show at K11. He's talking to Beeple and, you know, you Let's spot go. some collectors Let's from go. Korea. Let's go. The whole, <laughs> the whole gang's back in town and, and everyone's pumped. Um, but no, inside, I mean, there were, Zwerner had some great new Jordan Wolfsons, uh, which were delightful. to see. Oh my God. Yeah. Just kind of amping so up, amping up the perversity, the kind of like derangement around those wall pieces. Mm. Um, you know, younger booths like there, uh, Sydney Shen, an artist I really love, a sculptor from New York. She was mm. showing with a Shanghai gallery, gallery vacancy, these like, uh, uh -huh. kind of like very creepy, almost like amusement park model sculptures. Uh, a great painter so cool. from, from Seoul, uh, Hyun Sun Jun, who was showing at gallery mm -hmm. two. Uh, mm -hmm. this kind of like wraparound panorama series of panel paintings. Um, and then, you know, there was the big stuff like, you know, Heli Neymad was there with, you know, a nice little Picasso, a Matisse. And oh, that's it's just, great. It's just, yeah, it's just lovely to see stuff like that in the mix. And then the, the big thing that, that Basel really touted, and it was cool to see, was um, I think it was, you know, I think the number they were billing was two thirds of the galleries were either based in Asia or had a presence in Asia. And mm. there were almost 30 galleries from Japan. And so you wow. see a lot of these spaces that, I was a little bit less familiar with, but just uh -huh. so exciting to see, especially the kind of mid-century modernist Japanese stuff. Like there's this Kyoto oh, gallery, uh, Shiban Kaku, who does, you know, it's like the Zen calligraphy. And I apologize, I'm saying probably saying that name wrong, but it's it's the Zen calligraphy combined with kind of the early uh, or mid-century uh, American modernists like Motherwell mm -hmm. who were inspired by it. And just this like great pristine booth that you're like, this is why you come to Basel, Hong Kong. Exactly. I, this quality work. That's what I was going to say. You cannot get that depth of, of Japanese galleries at any other fair outside Japan, of course. And, uh, you know, that is such a remarkable thing to say. And now I'm getting even more FOMO. Thank you, Andrew, for that. Um, 
And what about the shows around town? Like, you know, I haven't been to M plus because it's been, you know, in construction over the past decade plus, <laughs> but no. um, it's f- fully open now. How is it? Fully open now. And in a way, I, I feel like I almost haven't been. I mean, I was there for a few hours. Of course, you're rushing around town. The museum is gigantic. I think it's yeah. like 180,000 square feet. It oh is just, God. I mean, it is like Herzog uh, just going all out, like luscious <laughs> cement, brutalist, cavernous spaces. I think it's 180,000, uh, I should say, of just exhibition space. And so that's they had insane. a insane, right? But like, I think that's almost like Dia Beacon level in terms of, mm-hmm. you know, but spread across a number of floors. And so we had like a, just a gigantic, uh, epic Yoyo Kasama show mm-hmm. with really, I mean, another example of like, you know, doing things right, being in the region, a bunch of loans from, uh, you know, MoMA Tokyo, but then also like regional museums in Japan. So great early stuff. Uh, of course, some of like the bigger later uh, stuff as well. And then, you know, the Uli Sig collection is there, which yeah, I am by no means an expert on Chinese art, but this just seemed stacked and he was there yeah. on opening day for the press just giving tours to like small groups <laughs> like very chill great. Like, you know a, just a man in his prime oh talking my god about this art that he's really right spent decades mm. uh uh becoming an expert in cultivating so m plus was fantastic but definitely felt like you need a day probably or the better that's part so of the day to do it right and then i mean this is something that's been written about but just the design collection alone is wild. Like there is mm. gallery after gallery of design and it's the stuff you would expect. It's like posters, even little cars, but then they took a full on uh, sushi restaurant, like a very classic, uh, a very, very classic late eighties um, sushi restaurant done by uh, Shiro Kuramata. Um, uh-huh. And like kind of the pristine archetypal example of the minimalist, uh, restrained sushi bar and just bought it out because it closed, I guess, a decade ago, maybe shipped it in and you can kind of walk in, imagine what it would be like to be at this <laughs> kind of like primal er sushi bar. So just uh, clearly no expense was spared in some sense. That's so cool. Oh my God. Incredibly. I'm trying to think, the American equivalent of that would be to buy some classic diner and put it in or something, you know, it's right. like, that's yeah. amazing. <laughs> yeah. Like, like, right. that's yeah, like yeah, exactly. the craziest thing. Like that's totally. so cool. Totally. Wow. I, I, don't, I don't know anything about this design collection on plus, but like that alone makes me just like salivate. That sounds so fucking cool. Um, yeah. And then like, what about like galleries around town? I know that, you know, in the years leading up to 2020, there was a big sort of Western gallery expansion into Hong Kong. Local yeah. galleries were expanding. You know, how was the gallery scene, you know, after the last few years of kind of, you know, not that many people coming in from outside of Hong Kong. How is it looking? How is it, you know, uh, shaping up, I guess? It seemed robust. It seemed mm-hmm. busy. Uh, you had sort of all of the the big galleries bringing out some of the biggest guns. So Gagosian had a big show of new Katarina Grossa paintings, like very mm-hmm. punchy, classic spray, right. just blasting across the canvas. Zwerner had uh, Rickard Terra built mm-hmm. a kind of replica of a classic uh, Hong Kong uh, umbrella repair shop that you had very to walk cool. through very enter cool. the show. Yeah, very cool. Um, kind of timely with the resonance of umbrellas in Hong Kong and the tradition mm. around these shops as well. I guess there are only a very few left. There's one very famous one over in Kowloon. They're kind of community mm. centers. But then you walk through very strange show. 
uh, it was just the, the preceding galleries were just filled with Roombas or like a different brand, but just vacuum cleaners, <laughs> uh, robot vacuum cleaners going on the floor, apparently tracing out the Chinese. It gets, it gets a little elaborate, but it's like chasing out the tracing out the Chinese characters for, um, you know, the, that sci-fi book, The Three Body Problem. Yeah, uh, yeah. So spelling out the name of one of those books. Um, and then also there were 3D printers, very beautiful, very elaborate printing, 3D uh, printed replicas of broken umbrellas. So extremely strange show, a little like all over the place, but kind of remarkable in its ambition, but also like precision. I mean, take mm -hmm. some guts to just show vacuum cleaners in like more than half of your show. Yeah, uh, definitely. Uh, and then, you know, Rashid Johnson looked very good mm -hmm. at Hauser, very classic. Uh, kind of a mini survey in a sense of some of the mm. recent work over the past four or five years. And then one of the other kind of huge real blowout shows of force was uh, uh, Art Intelligence Global, the Amy Capalazzo outfit had shipped mm. in maybe like eight, a dozen kind of prime Richters uh, wow. down on the south side. That was great. And then some of the smaller galleries were really looking incredible too. I mean, uh, Kyung Maling who was mm -hmm. opening a new space in Wan Chai, which is an astonishing space. There's an article about it in the uh, South China Morning Post, but it's like a six story, very narrow uh, tenement building from the sixties. And they wow. basically gutted it. They ripped out one of the floors to make like a double height oh, that's uh, so box. Cool. Yeah. And so I think it's like basically four stories now and a great show of uh, a younger artist from Houston uh, Tiffany Chung of these kind mm -hmm. of paintings of maps on vellum, uh, video piece about piracy uh, in the 1980s down near Thailand. Like a very beautiful kind of haunting show. That was great. I mean, I, I will say the galleries were really in, um, as you'd expect, as you'd hope, in in mm -hmm. top form. Everyone was looking mm -hmm. really good. Oh, that's great. Yeah, I mean, the Richter show is so intriguing to me. I mean, were those for sale? Uh, like, or were they sort of on loan? Like, that's a great question. I don't know definitively. I mean, a, mm. a, a, an advisor said that pointed out, I mean, some of them are, are fairly familiar to them. Or, I mean, one of them is from right. Clapton sale. Of course. So I guess to some degree they were known. I don't know if they were officially for sale. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, the Richter show in New York is quite extraordinary. Um, and yeah. um, nothing is for sale as far as nothing. I, I know. There, nothing. At least, not, at least the, not the paintings. And, and without getting sidetracked, and, and uh, I, how much is new in that show? Are there like date works from 2022, 2023? Oh, I mean, I think that, I mean, some of it dates back to, I think, 2020, but basically all of it's new. And, you know, because wow. he, these are his last paintings. Um, yeah. And then he did watercolors and drawings after that. So, uh... like, yeah, so you have like a whole new suite of watercolors. Also, um, there are some prints of watercolors that are quite remarkable. Um, you know, it was, I had to go back and see the show because I only saw it in its opening when it was just absolute madness um, in the best possible way. There were line, sounds beautiful. lines around the block for Richter, like, which is very cool. Um, that's extremely uh, cool. I mean, yeah, come on. I know. Like, that's yeah. the way to do it. Yeah. So it's it's a pretty remarkable show, but I need to spend more time there. There's some incredible like, mirror works too that are installed in the middle of the guy. It's, it's pretty wild stuff. Like it's really, really out there. Um, but um, yeah, the, the Richter show. Was, I was just yeah, wondering. that was great. Um, trying to think what else. Kim Suja at Axel Vervoort 
Uh, mm-hmm. She's a great, I think, New York-based but South Korean artist. Does a lot of sculpting work around fabric as well as found fabric. Very elegant kind of survey, a good introduction if people are mm-hmm. passing through Hong Kong to her work. Uh, and then another highlight, a real kind of, I think, revelation for a lot of people, certainly for me, was at Taekwon. There was a show of art from the Sun Pride Foundation, Patrick Sun's mm-hmm. collection of all queer LGBTQ art from Asia, which I had read a lot about, but I didn't fully understand mm-hmm. sort of how ambitious it is. I mean, it's really about the whole region, mm-hmm. uh, South Asia, Southeast Asia, and really spans like half a century and is this super ambitious, beautiful, quite moving show of art from all these different scenes, of course, operating with various degrees of visibility throughout the decades. And, mm-hmm. you know, it was one of those ones where you just like take one photo after another and pray that wow. you remember to like sit down, look up these <laughs> names and then hopefully yeah. see them in other places. I mean, that's a great and it's been traveling around the region, I guess. It was in oh, Bangkok. Great. Um, mm-hmm. Just a that was just a wild show. Really worth it. I've been hearing a lot about that show and yeah. it sounds just absolutely remarkable. It's something that like, you know, I don't know if that would ever come to the States, but like there's so many artists there that I'm sure most yeah. people here have never heard of, which is, you know. Well, bummer and i don't really know how to get that over here because it just someone must cool. do it someone someone should yeah hopefully we'll see mm-hmm. um and so you mentioned our our good friend mike winkleman aka people but um <laughs> were there other any other artists in the mix i saw a few on instagram murakami um the louis vuitton menswear creative director pharrell was there i believe yes yeah no you nailed it um <laughs> gosh who else was who else was those were the big ones yeah yeah um there there was yeah the people was people had to work at the lgdr booth mm-hmm. uh and then also at the m plus gallery uh yeah so really a, a a real strong presence by him which was interesting uh i don't know if he was there but there was a large display sort of disturbing of this other character mr doodle have, have, oh no mr doodle's in the mix i don't know if he was actually i i can't confirm he was at the fair but pearl lamb had a large section uh devoted to mr doodle where he had done the wallpaper as well as the paintings so he was a kind of a looming presence uh at the fair but as he always he actually, is as, as yes. he always is a looming presence what's yes. what's my Mr. Doodle thing, it's not even thing, but years ago when I was at Artnet, we looked at the data about like who was like the most searched artists in like, like on Artnet, and it was like all the obvious ones. And then, like, at like 11 or 12 was Mr. Doodle. We were Amazing. like, um, what the you know, he's been so. sneaking up the charts, yeah, he's <laughs> he's ascended to the big room. Yeah. So, uh, um, shout, shout out Mr. Doodle, uh, friend of the pod, you're welcome on whatever you want. Yeah, we're just here waiting for you. So that was interesting, but no, I wish I'd seen more artists. Uh, yeah, no, I'm trying I, to think. Yeah. yeah, I don't know who I saw on the Grams over there, but you know, artists like, of course, like especially in the states, like like love coming to Hong Kong for the fair because it's just like you know such an amazing experience. I remember Jeff right. Koons it's, was there in 2018, and like like I was talking to Koons, and I was like. It's like he came out for the fair because he had like a one work at this runner booth. And he was like, I have to come out. Like Hong Kong, like the energy, the freedom, <laughs> the harbor. And I was like, yeah, okay, thanks, Jeff. I'll talk to you soon. Thanks, man. I love, well, I'm a, I am a true sort of like, yeah, it's like you don't want to overdo it. But 
there is this sense that something like Hong Kong, which is a little bit younger than some of the other fairs, and some of mm -hmm. the the collectors, these kind of like more emerging collectors coming through. Yeah, I, I'd want to be the veteran artist. I'd want to be mm -hmm. shaking hands and hopefully moving some pieces to these people that are a little less familiar with your work or you haven't met. I mean, yeah, you just get a sense. It's like a place to do business. Uh, it's exciting. Mm -hmm. um, so I want to ask you about dinners, parties. Yeah. I got invited to something called the Restart Art Club hosted by uh, a number of people and the great museum LACMA and LACMA trustee Eva Chow. And I, upon asking about it, um, from some of our friends who were there, it was described to me as uh, something akin to Kendall Roy's birthday party um, in extravagance. <laughs> so tell me about, about the LACMA party. Tell me about fun dinners and parties. Like, like was... what was happening after, after, after that? Nighttime. Yeah, no, the LACMA, the LACMA one was totally wild. Uh, mm -hmm. George, George kind of brought brought that to, to fruition, made that all happen, I think, with your advisement, because it was a little bit further out of town. It was at, I think, a K-11 space. And mm -hmm. it was it was the sort of like, I guess the perfect way to sum it up is we showed up a little late because I had this romantic idea. We would take the tram, which actually mm -hmm. runs quite slowly, of course. <laughs> um, so we took a while. I felt badly. I think George is a bit annoyed. But we got there and there was no one in the lobby of this party, which was up on some high floor. And there uh -huh. were all these digital art pieces. Um, and we were a bit concerned that we were late. Uh, and then and then this assistant came down uh, for one of the museum directors involved. And, and we said, like, apologetically, like, oh, we're sorry, we're late. Is the party still going? And she said something to the effect of, like, oh, no one's planning to leave anytime soon. And it was like, oh, it's, it's no one's down here because like, it's just a good party. And I mean, people were just going very hard, we'll say. I think there were a number of performances earlier on we'd missed, but it was the sort of place where it was very bright, but also very shadowy in areas. There were mm -hmm. mahjong tables set up. And wow. I mean, it, that, that's like, as, as a, a guy coming from America, to me, that is just like extreme glamour. I mean, people mm -hmm. in beautiful clothes, mm -hmm. uh, playing mahjong it seemed like with some amount of competitiveness or seriousness. oh wow oh there there was money being exchanged at these games I, well like... i can't i can't say that but i but but people were like really going at it and um yes uh a lovely a lovely robust crowd other things other parties uh ropak had a very nice lunch uh, as he often does Wonderful. for collectors kind of in the tycoon complex at that madam oh, very cool. place mm -hmm. which had and then it was a kind of like uh i feel like you would have loved it and ben would have loved it uh, a kind of overview of chinese cuisine so there was like a course oh of peking God. duck it was uh, some beautiful kind of soup filled dumplings it was uh some noodles it was just one thing after another very nice and then the other big party was the kind of official uh basel one was called mm -hmm. it also had a peculiar name it was something like long time no see maybe and it was done with mgm macau which oh, of course wow. is a big oh my god <laughs> it's like that's real you know yeah as i that understand was, it that was the sort of thing looming in the distance when i was in hong kong everyone's like should we go to macau should we go like <laughs> right so just like it's right there like we can yeah. go <laughs> after after attending this party i regret not having done the ferry <laughs> it was uh quite nice everyone got like mm -hmm. fortune cookies when they walked in Oh, uh, everyone was in high kind of uh, uh, fancy uh, traditional dress to some degree. And yeah, it was this new space, which Hauser also had a great party at, 
called, I think, hmm. Cardinal Point, the rooftop of one of these malls, like the 45th floor overlooks the harbor, very classic, very grand. And, um, but yeah, a very crazy space, like in the entryway of this rooftop, there's just a like quite sizable George Kondo painting under glass. Oh, and it's wow. like, like kind of in darkness and it's like, okay, it's nice. Um, and very luxurious. So yeah, the parties were in fine form. The sense was like, it was all back and people were making yeah. up for lost time. It was all back. And I'm just so incredibly jealous that I wasn't there. Um, but also very, very thankful that you were there. So you could tell all our listeners exactly what went down because uh, I can't imagine a better person to do so. Um, Andrew, anything else that, that you want to share about Hong Kong or just in general? Like, like, what are you excited about in Seoul? Give me a little, a little breakdown of, of oh, what's man, happening in oh, man. I would do just two quick two quick Hong Kong recs, and then I'll do Seoul quickly. Okay, uh, great. I, I, I won't name the artist, but I walked into Cam's Goose and saw... Oh, I, I've uh, been to Cam's Goose. Oh, it's Yeah, it's that good. place is astonishing. That place yeah. is so delicious. It's incredible. Yes. There was a prominent German artist just holding court with like large trays of goose. And I was like, this is just the finest restaurant I've ever been to. <laughs> Uh, I just loved it. And then George and then George and I, George and I went to this place, which turns out is quite famous. We had no idea. Um, we were walking along the place with Siddhartha Mitter, the amazing mm -hmm. uh, yeah, New York Times reporter. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, and he, we were all looking for a restaurant and we happened upon Taiping Kun, which is apparently mm -hmm. maybe the oldest kind of Western styled Chinese restaurant in Hong Kong, Whoa. and it, it goes back to like South China in I wrote this down 1860, but it's been in Whoa. China. It's been in Hong Kong since 1936, and it is just pure class. I mean, it's wow. it's white tablecloths, uh, waiters in white oh, suit jackets, the most like gracious atmosphere. Um, just kind of your all the classic dishes that one might want, uh, including this large, bountiful kind of strange egg bread souffle, which is Oh, I saw pictures head. of that. Yeah. That's what that was. Yeah. That looks it was insane. A formidable oh thing. God. A formidable thing. So that's my biggest recommendation. Taiping Kun. Anyway, um, no, Seoul, we are looking forward to Guangzhou is next week. Oh, yes, that's that right. will be that will be hopefully uh an exciting ordeal. Uh Sukyung Lee is curating from uh Tate Modern. And then uh we have a big uh Catalan show up at Liam. That's been going mm -hmm. on for a while, but drawing big crowds. And then next week, there's a Calder show open, opening at Kukje. So things were a little quiet around, uh, I think partially because everyone was going to go to the fair mm. in Hong Kong, but things are picking up and there's a lot happening and a lot of excitement about uh, Freeze coming before too long. Yeah, Freeze just just around the corner, you know, uh, and everyone in the world will be coming to Seoul just like they were coming to Hong Kong. Hopefully totally. me among them. Yeah, I hope I so. I know, I'm trying, I'm trying. Andrew, Andrew Russell, thank you so much for coming back on Nota Bene. What Thanks a for pleasure. having me. This was so fun. I can't believe I, I fucking missed Hong Kong. Next year, I'll be there. Next year. Next yep. year. Thanks for having me on. Total delight. All right. All right. Nota Bene. Out. Out.